Well, since we're all men here, everybody clapped when they said a, uh, a husband of six, when there's probably a lot of us out there know that we, at least in my book, I don't do a whole lot, so I don't know if I would clap for me just uh, for what I did to, to help with the six children. Um, but I think I could say that with uh, the crowd we got today. So <clears throat> there's probably a lot of you that are wondering exactly what is is that I am doing here. Um, I'm with you as well. This is not my normal venue. Uh, to be honest with you, this is outside my comfort zone um, to really be speaking on faith in, in some of these situations. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot over here. Coach Jacoby, I think I saw... Uh, uh, who else is all over there? Uh, Mr. Garrig... Uh, uh, Mr. Rossetti, I think I saw probably a lot of the, the sales crew that might be kind of curious as to why exactly he's up here at a uh, Catholic men's conference as well. <laughs> Maybe they knew me a little bit younger. Um, we won't go into all that. Um, but I'm here really, not that I don't have an incredible faith, not that I don't speak my faith. Uh, obviously, in a, in a public sector, it's a little bit more difficult in some of the things that we really deeply feel, but, you know, there's a lot of things that don't hold us back, as some of you probably understand, um, that might be in some of those situations. But to be honest with you, I'm here because of one man, to be honest. And I'm not talking just about the good Lord, but I'm talking about I was uh, somebody that was inspiring to me. So this not being the most comfortable situation or something that I speak to, uh, when it was brought up by Fred um, to come speak with Mark Zimmer, uh, there was no way that I could say no, no matter what, how comfortable I felt, no matter uh, what I was asked to do. To be honest with you, just so you guys know, in 1979, Mark won his fourth state title, the first ever in the, in the to be the first ever four-time state champion in the state of Ohio. And there was a seven-year-old kid that was hanging on to every single thing that he did um, from a, probably those last three years that I can really remember. And in 1979, I made a goal myself, my first ever goal, to repeat and do exactly what it was that Mark Zimmer did. And ever since then, uh, falling short, and, and we all have experienced failures as we heard about the adversity that really kind of defines who we are um, that's why, to be honest with you, um, being in a different sector and being uh, a leader of men, yes, but uh, to be honest, they're because of Mark Zimmer, because of his influence, because of um, what he meant to me as a very young kid. I don't get an opportunity to say that to him. I don't get an opportunity to see him a whole lot. I think I saw him about six, eight months ago uh, for the first time in probably five or six years. Um, but uh, like I said, if, if it wasn't for him, I'm afraid that like all of us we're really busy and we don't always take time for the things maybe that we should or make time for some of those things but that's the real reason is why I'm here today but I am going to talk a little bit of just about you know again what it is that I do in the development of men through a lot of the faith things obviously that I was brought up in um, you know obviously just with the different sectors that we have to deal in uh, I do refer to our guys all the time and, and there's certain things that, uh, that, that I always hit home on our kids. Now, they don't always understand what it is that I'm talking about. It's not just about faith. It's not like I get up there and preach. There's a lot of things that we do. But a lot of the things that I do and then we do as a staff in development of these 18 to 22-year-olds has a lot to do with um, them as young men and growing into uh, men, husbands, fathers, what they will eventually be. 
And that has a deeper meaning. It's not just about what happens on the football field. And I, and I, truly, I truly tell them that. I truly mean that. I, I talk to them about that in recruiting. Um, that's not always how we're evaluated in, in what it is we do for a profession. But I don't uh, shy away from making sure they understand that I have a purpose as a purpose as a coach. Um, and it's a lift up, pick up, build up young men to make them a part of something bigger than themselves and to teach them that together everybody achieves more. That's life. That's about being a part of a family. Um, and that has a lot to do with, you know, having the faith in the man above. So um, everything is kind of interwebbed in the things that we do and I do as a coach. Uh, and it stems a lot back from, you know, how I was brought up and how I've grown up and then what I've also learned as a father too. So in developing and in, in inspiring and in, um, you know, being a leader of, of young men in particular, uh, it's nothing different than it is in my own home. And my wife and I, obviously, as you heard, have six children. And one of the big things for us, we have gold standards. Not that I'm going to get into, you know, my family and what it is that we do. Um, but we have these things that we call gold standards. Things that we want our kids, when they walk out of our home, to have engraved on their heart. To be a part of who they are as they go out there to really, truly make their own decisions in life. You know, they go away to college or whatever it is that they do. Finally, they're outside of what I consider that bubble that they live in. Um, and they have to make those decisions themselves and I'm hoping and we hope and believe that through 18 years of growing up in our under our home that they will be able to make the decisions that we believe is best for them and their future and where they're headed and what they want to do well I kind of do the same thing with our football program we have what we consider cornerstones to our program it's not something that's posted on the wall it's not something that's put on a t-shirt it's not something that uh, I refer to on a daily basis in, in, in our meetings and in dealing with the, the young men, but it's something that every one of our coaches got to make sure that they understand because in what it is that we do, the greatest thing we've got is examples and examples of what especially young men see. So they're cornerstones for our program are family, attitude, integrity, toughness, and hard work. All right, family, to me, no matter what, when, they, when our kids walk out of our program, if they want to be a part of our program, they want to thrive in our program, they got to understand what family is all about. Family is about, you know, sacrificing and believing in the people around you. It's not just about you. Um, attitude. Attitude is everything. You're the only person that chooses. There's not a whole lot of things you get ex the choice of every single day that you are the complete ownership of, and your attitude is one of them. So they got to make sure that in order to be successful, you got to understand that and believe that your attitude is everything. Integrity, and we just kind of define it as incorruptible. We're all going to be in different situations. We're all going to be amongst um, different environments and around different people. Do you truly believe in the things you believe in and can stand forward and uh, are incorruptible? Toughness obviously goes along with the football side of things, but in life in general, mental, physical, and emotional toughness. And then hard work. There's no substitute for it. Talent will only take you so far. Anything worth, anything in life is going to be worked for. So those are kind of the cornerstones to be able to, what I say, thrive within our program and our community um, as a football team. What they don't really realize is that's an acronym for faith. And ultimately, when they walk out of our football program into the real world, whatever that is, those cornerstones will be a huge part of them continuing to be successful, but there's no way they can be successful in life if they don't have a deep-rooted faith. And yes, we talk about a faith in themselves, faith in the men around you, but most importantly, in faith in the man above. And in everything that we do, we try to continue to weave those things into um, 
whatever it is, whether it's on the field football, whether it's off-season things, um, in the development and, and building of men. I, ref- I tell them all the time uh, that God is fair. It's kind of one of my lines, that God is fair. What he has given you, he hasn't given me, and what he's given me, he hasn't given you. He has given all of us something. And as we all know, especially with today's world, and, and we're always, it's, it's always more obvious than what everybody else has. And don't get me wrong, I've got a, a 17-year-old son as well, and he is well aware of what everybody else around the country has that maybe he wants. Basic, if that's something in football, if that's something in life, and whatever it is, it, it's pretty obvious as to what everybody else has. And the reality is, um, it's really difficult to be successful and continue to grow when we're worried about what everybody else has. So I'm always referring to them, God is fair. God is fair. What he's given you, he hasn't given me. What he's given me, he hasn't given you. But what he's given you is good enough. And it kind of brings me back to a story. I, I try to say, hey, don't covet what the neighbors, what your neighbor has. I got a great example of coaching at Ohio State and had two All-American guys coming in, both linebackers. One was higher recruited than the other one. Both become best friends. Uh, a kid named Ryan Shazier, obviously, from the time he walked on campus, was, kind of became a star. And his best friend was a guy that was higher, highly recruited, higher than him, was ranked higher than him, whatever that means. Um, but it was amazing. Even though they were best friends, Curtis, uh, Curtis Grant could never quite live up to what his best friend was. And for three years, he pretty much did nothing. Um, he just never could get out of his own way. And it really, it took until Ryan Shazier, as probably a lot of you know, left after, after three years and went on to um, first round draft pick in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, we had the ability as, I, as Curtis Grant to become who he really was. And it was all based on, all he could see was all the attributes and the things that a guy right in front of him, his best friend had. And it wasn't happening that way for him. And just how things worked, it was a great thing for him that obviously Ryan left early and um, Curtis Grant was contemplating even coming back for his senior year. And, uh, you know, just by the exit of one guy and him recognizing, not focusing on what somebody else has, but what he has, what he, has he ends up becoming a captain, leads us to 14-0 season, becoming uh, national champs. And it was... A great example to a lot of our guys about you've got to make sure you understand that you've been blessed with a lot of things, but when you're worried about what everybody else has and what somebody else has, it's really difficult to um, enhance and, and be grateful for the things that you have. So again, those are kind of things that um, try to make examples of, and obviously it's a lot easier when it's seen. Guys that, have, that were able to see that and see that transition um, understand it a little bit better. But when you look at our program, I talk about it, we're built basically on three, on three things. Trust, respect, and love. And that's what the, the, the root of our program is, is really about. And we start, it starts in the locker room. The locker room is the most important thing. You know, it's like our own homes. So trust, respect, and love is, you know, something that we refer to all the time. And I, I try to tell these guys, um, respect is, we say we grant it to everybody. Everybody is granted respect. You should respect everyone. Uh, Love, same thing. Love is granted to everyone. It's unconditional. I I tell them at times, I don't like exactly what it is that you're doing. It doesn't mean I don't continue to love you, but our program is based on two things that everybody should be granted, respect and love. So the third thing that really is probably what I'll hit on a little bit today and kind of 
gets into the virtues of, you know, of our faith is trust. And our ability as men, my ability as a leader, our ability as, as men within our program um, to build trust is really difficult. It's something that takes time. It's something that doesn't just happen overnight. People would say kids are different today. I'd say, no, they're not. Their experiences may be different, but they're not different. And every kid's got some different experiences, so they experience trust in different ways. Some take, it doesn't take very long to build trust. Some takes an enormous amount of time to build trust. Either way, trust is an incredible part of what it is that we do. And we, we kind of define trust in three ways, character, competency, and connection. And the piece I would say I'd focus a little bit on is, is a big part of us and the development of our character, which would, in a lot of ways, be the virtues to what it is we are as men and what it is that we're going to take on learning from the game that which we play. Um, we define character. Character for us is the cornerstone to trust. Um, before you can lead others, you must first manage yourself. Nothing can happen through you until it's first experienced in you. You know, they see better than they hear. I tell them that all the time, and it's reversed as well. They come and they tell me how great they want to be. Okay, show me how great you want to be. Well, it's the same way. You know, if we're going to expect you to be a man of character, then you know what? They got to see what character really is. Um, Character trust is established when you act in a way that tells people they can count on you to do the right thing. It is doing what you say you will do. You are, uh, you are what you repeatedly do. I think it's difficult for a lot of guys to really understand sometimes what that means. And I, I, so another example, we played a game, not last year, two years ago. And, and again, we're always trying to make examples of the things that uh, are relevant to us in, in the 18 to 22 year olds that I deal with. And we were playing a really big game two years ago at uh, Central Florida. It was game day, a um, lot on the stake, a lot on, lot on the line, and we had a young man get beat, like happens, right? And, and so he gets beat for a touchdown on a wheel route. Good play, guys know it's coming, it is what it is. And I showed that on Sunday morning in our meeting, and my first question to him in front of the whole team is, did you let a brother down? Because to me, character is about doing what you say you're going to do. Right? I can't let you down because I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. So I think one of the big issues we have today is, well, he let me down. Well, in what ways did he let you down? So I asked the kid in front of the whole team, in our ways of saying, is this letting a brother down? And by nature, of course, he says, yeah, I, I apologize. I let you guys down. And I stop him right there and I'll say, make sure we all understand something. That's not letting a brother down. We all get beat. Things are going to happen in our lives. Things that we're outside of our control. That's not letting a brother down. I don't know that all of our people understand. So then I play it a little bit further. And you see somebody come after him and start attacking him. You know, obviously like emotions happen in in games. So our middle linebacker, the captain, comes over and starts getting on him. Well, all of a sudden, as you guys hopefully don't see because the cameras pan away and they don't show all those things. But, you know, we obviously have emotions and things. And then I try to point out to them that that's what I consider of letting a brother down. Things that are within your control, that you have a decision to make, whether it's attacking a man, pointing a finger, making an excuse. You never let a brother down when you, when you give effort. Uh, you do the things for the reasons that you're supposed to do them. That's not letting somebody down. 
a man of character just because you get beat. That's, that's not what it is. It's when you make a conscious decision whether to give up, to quit, to not do the things that are expected of you. But I don't think our, everybody always understood. I know on our team, they didn't understand. They just felt like, hey, if I get beat, I let you down. And me as a coach, I want to make sure whether emotions fly high or not. That's not letting me down. The guy that came after you to point a finger is letting me down, is letting us down. Understanding what character really is. So we try to, in the virtues, the things that we do when we're talking about character, the number one for us is courage. When we're talking about how we're building young men. And again, this isn't something that we have meetings about. This is something that we are examples of. This is something that on, on you know, on an off season, we'll just hit little different virtues of some things to make sure our guys understand. Letting a brother down was a part of what it is that we do. Um, understanding, you know, these are the things that are going to make you the man that you really are. Courage. Um, courage is not the absence of fear. It's building belief within you that is stronger than situations that challenge you. Um, not making for our guys courage. It's, you're never going to be an absence of fear. Courage is making the right decisions when you needed to, not the easy decision. And sometimes with 18 to 22-year-olds and what we're doing, that's the most difficult thing, is not to do what's always most popular. Um, we try to talk about don't live a... We have a culture, we have a way of life, and my big thing is, is you know, don't have a culture, don't have a life of acceptance, meaning, you know, we know what is expected of us, and we don't have the courage enough with the people that are around us, if we truly care about one another, to even say something. Our guys all live together. Our guys are all around each other. The bigger issue that I have is when we have a culture, some way of acceptance, of not having the courage to have some of those confrontations, not having the courage enough to be able to bring it up. That doesn't make you a snitch. That doesn't make you someone who's, you know, doesn't care about us. No, it's, it's not accepting the things that we know is not exactly what we want. Very difficult, especially for 18 to 22-year-olds to say, that's not my business. If we're going to be a part of a family, it is our business. And teaching guys to understand to have, to be able to have the courage um, to not accept the things that we don't believe or what it is that we want gives us a chance to continue to grow what I think is, is the locker room, the things that are important to us. The second one is energy. Um, for energy and, and engagement, the people you lead uh, will be no more engaged than you are. Don't be surprised when, you, when it gets messy. Be prepared. The fire on the inside must be greater than the frustration on the outside. Just like parents, I try and tell them, when, when kids come to see me about leadership, and I, I try and tell them, it's like a parent. You know, if you want to be a leader, it's got to be something that's consistent and it's all the time. And I try to refer to it as parenting. Being a husband of six kids, I already brought up, I don't do a whole lot. But I know this, when I come home, sometimes my wife tries to hand them off, it's your turn. Um, because parenting never ends. The same thing of having the courage to not turn your back on things. To have the energy to be able to address everything that's there. 18 to 22 year olds in particular that, we de- that I deal with, um, there are so many things that are pulling at them. And to have the energy to make sure that we don't turn, that I don't turn my back is really important. And it's the same way for the leaders on our program and our team. We're not going to grow if the leaders on our team don't have the energy to address and to make sure they understand what it is that we're asking them to do. 
and what the standard that they're held to. If we don't have the energy, if we don't show the energy, then we can't expect the energy to be, be felt throughout the entire the rest of the group. The third one is humility. Leadership is not about you, but it starts with you. Lead with high confidence and low ego. Be accountable to make, uh, when you make mistakes, have the courage to acknowledge it and fix it. Humility isn't weakness or timidity. It's strength properly directed. Egos serve self. Humility serve others. Egos want credit. Humility wants to contribute. Egos want to control. Humility knows when to follow. The, the, the relationship between like a head coach and a quarterback, uh, to me and what we do, is, is so vital. I try to tell even the team at times, there's two people. Uh, when things go really well, there's two people that get credit. The head coach and the quarterback. When things go bad, there's two people that usually have the finger pointed at them. The head coach and the quarterback. All of which we might not have deserved, whether it's positive or negative, our ability to be able to handle that. And what I try to say as a leader is our ability to say when things are really good, we have the ability to pass, to give it, don't accept it. It's because of others. And when things are really bad, we have the ability to internalize and take it and don't point a finger. Either way, it's going to be difficult on us, but either way, if we are able to handle those things, now people will follow. People will believe. When all of a sudden you're giving them the credit for the things that are happening or you're taking the blame for the things that are happening, even within our families when they know a lot of times where the blame or where the credit lies, it's amazing what you can get people to do. In our society today, it's a, what I try to say, uh, it's a blame-oriented society. But it's also a credit-seeking society. When things are bad, everybody wants to know who to blame. When things are good, there's a lot of people that are seeking for the credit themselves. And as leaders, building young men, trying to make them to understand, in order for people to follow you, it's not because they name you captain, it's not because you're put into a position, it's not because you're just a father, it's not just because you're a man of faith and you're a Catholic man, it's not. How and who will really follow you? And I think that has a lot to do with our ability to handle, whether it's praise or criticism, especially amongst the people that we deal with on an everyday basis. Um, I'd say the last one, it'd be a self-awareness. Know your strengths and weaknesses. My biggest issue, I think, with 18 to 22-year-olds, and I shouldn't say, with, with us as well, is the ability to have self-awareness. We all have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. When we don't understand and we don't recognize them, it's really difficult. Because even if you're dealing with 18 to 22s, they know what they are. They can see them. And for people to continue to believe in you, to continue to follow you and be the example for what, you know, for us, what we want young men to be, we got to be able to address it. We got to be able to identify. We got to be able to talk about even our own weaknesses. I think that all falls in line with the credit and the blame in a lot of these situations. Obviously, we do a lot of different things in our character development because trust is such a huge part of what it is that we do as a football program. I mean, it's, there's no difference. Our first year uh, at the University of Cincinnati, we won four games. Should have won one. We had five guys that 
went on um, to make NFL rosters. The following year, we went 11 games, and we have two guys making an NFL roster. This year, we went 11 games, and we'll probably have two guys, maybe, maybe three, make an NFL roster. It has, even in what we do, to do with talent, but not nearly as much as it has to do with the character, the trust, the love, and respect that's built amongst us all. And the greatest jump that we've been able to do, in my eyes, in our entire program, is our ability to build that within our locker room. Call it, call it virtues, call it the trust, but it's the ability for our character of the men around us to be examples for one another. You know, we kind of say it's the ABCs, always building character, no matter what it is that we do. It doesn't stop. And I think the most important thing is that we're an example of that. So I say that as a, as a coach, but I really say that as a father. I say that as a, as a man. I'm not a guy that gets up and, and, like I said, and speaks amongst the Catholic communities. And um, I'm more at Hall of Fames and Stags, a lot of those situations. Yes, it's a, it's a very high Catholic community in, in Cincinnati. And um, if you don't know the, the Catholic community down there, I think there's a stag about every, every weekend. Um, it's another way for them to, to raise money in the, in, in, in the Catholic schools in a lot of situations. Um, but they're different. This is not something that for me is, hey, this is not in the wheelhouse. But it really has everything to do with what it is that we do as fathers, as husbands, as leaders of, for me, 18 to 22-year-old men, and even 30 to 60-year-old coaches that I have. It doesn't matter. Just because um, I'm older or they're older, uh, it doesn't mean that we're not still led. There's guys that lead me, you know, that are within our, within our program. They're examples. And I think, to me, that's the most important thing, is, is our ability to be examples for what it is we do, especially for youth, especially for youth. There's so many distractions. There's so many different things out there today. Um, I don't know if our kids hear half of the things that I say, but they sure recognize the examples of everything that we do. And for me, in building and continue to build, um, the people that are touch every single one of our kids is the most important thing, and it begins there. And when I interview guys and when I talk to guys, it's, it's more not about the knowledge of what they have for the field that I might be in, but more about the character they have, uh, the relationship they have at home, uh, the faith they have um, in many different things. But in order to lead and get the most out of young men, they got to be a man of character themselves to be an example. So with that being said, um, I only wish that Mark Zimmer was here uh, because obviously he is a man of incredible character. Uh, he is a man that uh, won't let what it is that he's going through define him. Um, but like anything, I, help, I think it helps. I know it helps him. I've talked to him a little bit about ability to reflect on the things that are really important. And I know for me, you hate to say that it takes things like this, people like this that mean this to you, um, to make you have to reflect upon the things that are really important to you. 
I know my wife and I refer to that all the time and say, I'm in this business for a reason. Yes, it's high stress. Yes, there's a lot of, you know, tough times when you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds and um, what it is that you want to do and what it is that you're expected to do. But because of what I am in and the pressures that come along with it, it does nothing but bring me closer um, to my faith. Because I hate to say it, when, when times are tough, is usually when I'm closer and closer to my faith and the things are most important. When we're winning games and celebrating, I can't be honest with you to say that that's first and foremost in my mind. But the good thing is, is we have enough of those tough, tough times that it brings me back really quick. Um, so I appreciate it. Most importantly, I appreciate Mark Zimmer uh, for what it is he's done for me, um, just in the inspiration. And I don't just mean that in this last two years. I mean that from a seven-year-old puppy uh, to watch how things are done and done the right way to being a 15-year-old with a, with a goal and a dream and spending some time with him, even when I was a freshman in high school, preparing myself to do what it is that he did. And then I thank the good Lord for, for the failure that I had to, to not get what my goal and dream was, but is the one thing that has helped define me through my entire life, that he read off those accolades and, and all those different things, and he left out a lot of the negatives. But every failure that I've had has never quite overtaken the one I had at 15 years old that has taught me more than anything um, and has guided me to make me who I am today. So I appreciate it, spending the time. Um, I wish again that, that Mark could be here, and I know you guys got to spend a little bit of time with him last night. I appreciate your time. Um, Thank you.